Hey, fellow tennis nerds, uh, I hope all is well. We haven't talked in a while, uh, me and Dennis. Uh, we try to keep up with the tennis world. Uh, Dennis is now playing a lot of puddle. Do a separate podcast about that. Dennis is actually coming to see me in Marbella a bit, which is which is fun because we've never met. So that's going to be interesting. Play some tennis and maybe puddle. I'm not playing so much puddle, but but Dennis is desperately into puddle now. He's um, he's really liking it, and that's cool. So uh, well, how much puddle have you played this week, Dennis? Hi everyone. Hi Giannis. First of all, we have to sort of apologize, but not you know fully apologize because. <laughs> we do this as a part of a hobby so you know it's quite hard when there's there's so much going on to to have the weekly podcast but this was the first time since we started the weekly podcast that we haven't uh, had any sort of content for like two three weeks so yeah to... um pedal yes i'm playing quite a lot so i'm, I'm trying to play two three times a week um i joined this uh, club in um, in bristol now bristol is becoming like the hub of of pedal in the UK, which is pretty interesting because um it started off with four courts, um, which was a really nice little, you know, sort of quite familiar, quite, quite nice, cozy atmosphere club. And now all of a sudden there's gonna be four centers with like eight plus courts and and you know a, a lot of pedal going on and 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 it's going to be an interesting one and 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 you know we've got Sandy Farku Harson coming as well he's going to be teaching some uh, some coaches he is the uh, pedal school um he's uh, he's a lovely chap a british guy uh, ex professional tennis player uh, we are actually planning on having him on on the podcast as well later, so um, so we we will uh, definitely do something like that as well. And pedal is is uh, is really picking up in the UK, and 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 I'm playing quite a lot. I played my first sort of inner tournament uh, with with a few guys. I wasn't the worst. I wasn't the best. Um, I finished uh, with my partner. We finished the fourth out of the eight pairings. So you know, like middle ground, which is not too bad. And we just entered the first tournament with my usual partner. Uh, shout out to Max, and um, and we're gonna be uh, featuring in a in a in a pretty good. Uh... So apparently, my rating because it's it's pretty much the same as the USDA ratings. Uh, so my rating is a four point five, four between four and four point five. So I'm not too bad in paddle. I'm more looking forward to the Spanish clay than than the Spanish pedal courts because they're not too different from from the UK. So I'm um, I'm a lot more into um, tennis than than pedal still. So we we will be hopefully. I mean, I I, I want to try Giannis's um, sixty seven different rackets. So we're gonna be on court for quite some time. Uh, but... <laughs> there's a lot lot to try to be sure. Uh, actually, getting into tennis, we have three. Pretty decent tournaments. We have one 500 in Rotterdam, and uh, it's as time of talking now. It's it's a final between Sinner and Medvedev, which Medvedev is up a break in the third and final set. And then we have Argentina Open. That's talking about the clay, and uh, that is going to have a final today with Carlos Alcaraz. He's back, back in business. Very good for tennis. I felt a little bit empty without him actually, which is a good sign for tennis in general that it is a new star on the way playing Cameron Norrie later today at the time of talking to you. And we have Delray Beach uh, with the final, also later tonight, I guess. It's Taylor Fritz against Kecmanovic, Miomir Kecmanovic. So tennis is back and firing. And we also have Rio de Janeiro uh, qualifying, ongoing. So it starts on Monday, the tournament. So it's a lot of tennis. Um, have you been following? What have you been watching? Yeah, I've just a little bit. To be fair, it's... um. 
this is quite a weird time for tennis because obviously we had the the first major and and obviously Djokovic uh, we we praised him. There's a few 250s. Um, there was the Davis Cup qualifiers for the final uh, for the Davis Cup final, and apparently it's going back to the same format as what it was. So that's going to be an interesting one. I don't know much about it, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say much. But Hungary was playing France, and it was a it was a it was a really, really good match. We uh, we lost three uh, two to France, which is always a good result because obviously France is a is a massive, massive country with a lot of great tennis players. Um, it wasn't the strongest team, I have to say, because the the first player was uh, Benjamin Bonzi, and and he wasn't really playing well. Uh, Jean Bourdieu beat him, um, and there was Manorino, um, and there was also. Um, Hugo Umber and and Umber was playing really really impressive tennis. So he beat Fucevic and he beat uh, then uh, Fabian. He he beat Fabian Morjan. So so it has been it has been a good good few weeks. Um, fairly not something to be really excited about because Rafa won't be playing the Sunshine Double. It was confirmed. So it might be Monte Carlo his first mm-hmm. tournament back. The only thing which I wanted to talk about, because it was such a feel-good story in Delray Beach. Uh, so in the first round, Jack Sock lost um, to a um, Croatian qualifier called... Um, Pekotic. Pekotic. I used to live in Malta, so I, I've hit next to him actually a few times, yeah. Okay, so yeah, he was like, look, he's obviously all these guys, and that's that's why it's quite funny because we we talked about it many times that you know there's not a massive difference between the 500th in the world and and the, the top 50. They can all hit great tennis balls. It's just about the circumstances, about their team, about you know whatever. It is it's just a spark what you pretty much need. So the guy apparently he's now um um so. It's it's weird because because he's Croatian, but he, he's actually uh, born in Belgrade in Serbia as Djokovic. So it, it is a it is a bit of I don't really know what what happened there, but whatever. So um, he I think he's Jack- Serbian, but he played for Croatia for some reason, or maybe he has one Croatian parent, one Serbian. I, I don't remember that story, but it's it's a little bit complicated because my friend was watching him. She knows him as well. She used to live in uh, in. Malta as well, a uh, very good Serbian tennis player. Uh, she used to be top three in, in Europe in her age when she was a bit younger, uh, but then got injured and stuff and couldn't play and went turned into a coach. And now she lives in the States and then she's Serbian. So I think they it, he's more of a Serbian than a, than a Croat. That's, that's at least where I remember. Um, this is so, yeah, apparently, important. apparently he works in finances and he, he had to ask for a, a holiday to to play in the Del- Delray Beach uh, tournament, and then he beat uh, the ex top ten player Jack Sock, uh, who now plays with Yonex. Uh, funnily enough, because he was always uh, a babbling guy, and now he just picked up a Yonex. You you mentioned it in your stories on on Instagram and whatnot. That you know, I mean, I, Jack Sock is. Even when we're talking about like one of the best doubles players ever in 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 tennis, definitely Jack Sock is up there in in the top twenty best yeah. doubles players ever. I mean, he's absolutely unreal in doubles. Uh, he had that purple patch in singles where he played the O two um, and and he won a Masters uh, one thousand in in Paris. So you know he's 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 a decent tennis player. Like you know he and he even played pretty well in the O two. 
So, um, so yeah, but but then he had he had so many injuries, and then he came back in a way. But then he's look, he's he's a brilliant tennis player, but it's it's not a massive surprise that he can lose in the first round against anyone, really. So he can. No, happen. he did lose some uh, really. Someone put out a stat on Twitter that he lost to some like seventeen-year-old or something, uh, um, some time before. And also like changing a racket. I mean, uh, I've talked about it many times, but it's like if you change a racket as a, even as a pro, you might have some up like bumps in the road. And I think that was definitely what what happened here. I, I don't see Jack Sock coming back to have any success on the single store. I think he should actually focus on doubles. I think that would be better. But that's just my my humble, uh, stu- probably stupid opinion. But it's uh, I, I don't think, think it's more stupid. Sense. I, I I really don't think it's stupid. The the two things like you know it, it's obviously non comparable, but we've got the one of the best doubles players um, pretty much ever in the women's game who played the game uh, Tia, Tima Babosh, who's yeah. uh, who's won um, who's won the slams and 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 she won the um, world and thing world championship or whatever that is as well uh, many times with um, uh, Christina Mladenovic and. And she focused on singles, and I do get it. Look, she was top fifty in singles as well, so she was a pretty decent singles player. Player, but the same thing applies for Jack Sock as as for uh, Timmy. Um, that like, guys, you're exceptional in in part of tennis, and and focus on that one. And Jack, you know, he he was never the best mover. He he was always pretty decent and and he can slide really well and you know he's he's capable of of some magnificent shots but he um he's a lot better doubles player than he was singles player ever and that the same applies for Timmy um so if they if they would focus on that one and nothing else they could be on every slam they could be in every sing, uh, semifinals and whatnot because they would have they they have that capability, so yeah, I I I hundred percent agree with what you're saying about um, uh, focusing on one discipline of the sport rather than trying to make it in singles because singles is so competitive, and your great shots they don't mean much. You know, if if you hit uh, an unbelievable um, inside out forehand, it's just one point in doubles. If you hit one, or if you hit one per per, because uh, you don't have to, you just basically have to cover half of the court, so you don't have to move that much. Obviously, your shots will be amazing, your instincts will be amazing. So yeah, I I I think I think the same as as what you said, and I don't think it's stupid at all because I think that would be great. So yeah, about uh, Pekotic, um, it's a it's a feel good story, and and he then he lost the the next round. But to be fair, it was still um, an unbelievable um, victory. Like I, I'm pretty sure that all of us who's I mean we we we've never been close to the ATP rankings, and and to get an ATP point is is pretty special anyway. But you know everyone thinks about it, and everyone is like, oh wow, it would be so great to to win a win a match on a um on a live draw in in an ATP 250 or in an ATP 500 funnily enough uh, you you mentioned Rio and um um a friend of mine Attila Bolaj who's um, who was top 100 in the world um he came into the top 100 because he played the semis in the Rio Open the Rio Open is is quite a different open as well because um it's um it's an ATP 500 which is which 
usually it doesn't have the best of of um of draws. So now I'm pretty sure that Alcaraz will be playing there and he has been playing lights out tennis and and he has been playing every round he has been playing better and I'm pretty sure that he's going to be beat Nori convincingly. Although when I say this, Nori is in the final of a clay court tournament which is pretty cr- I mean, I don't even know how he got there, but he's he's just unbelievable. The work ethic of, of Nori is just second to none. Yeah, I think he's uh, one of those guys. I, I mean, you, you can put it on ice. He's going to manage because he's such a good competitor. I think that is it's not really related to what works for his. He's just like a pretty versatile guy, but he's, it's mentally and also tactically he, he wins because he's just a tricky guy to play. So he, he just impresses me. He doesn't excite me, but he impresses me. So I think that is uh, the good way of putting it in that sense. And Medvedev has impressed me this week. I watched us a few of his matches. He looked pretty um, upset and frustrated and was shouting at his coach, as which as usual, which is always funny uh, when he does that. Uh, in the first match, I don't remember against who, but I thought he was going to lose. He lost the first set. He looked like he was uh, wanted to break all his rackets, um, but then he just came back and then he played really well. And then after that, he's been kind of hard to to do anything about. So uh, Medvedev is, is back in action. I don't think he used to love to play in um, in uh, Rotterdam because he's lost some bad matches there, but he, he did well this week. The most impressive player won. that... Now uh, he won. Yeah, and he won it as well. Medvedev, uh, Medvedev won the tournament. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, the, I the, the match is just finished. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. so this he came from like not liking the tournament, actually winning the tournament. So congrats to him. But I think Sinner was the most impressive player I saw. Uh, and if you look at his scores, I mean, he beats Hitsipas convincingly, then he beat Vavrinka convincingly, then he beat Greek Spor, who was in great form convincingly, and straight sets in all these matches. Uh, and then Medvedev is obviously very tough, you know. But Sinner is, is back also in business, which is great, because he was having a bit of a, of a slump, uh, I must say. Uh, he has not had, like, super um, fortunate results. And it's nice then also to see that... Um, Alcaraz is back. I haven't watched him so much this week, so I'm not sure how he's playing, but he must be playing pretty pretty well. And that's good for um, Indian Wells because we don't want more like injuries and stuff now. It's like it gets a bit annoying with all these injuries that people, you can't see more Rafa, you can't see more this. Then Novak was played with injured, everybody's injured. Uh, it, tennis is a, it's a rough, rough sport on the body. And we also have Doha next week. So um, we're in Qatar, we're in Marseille, and in Rio. Uh, so those are interesting tournaments starting tomorrow at the time of talking. We're on talking on a Sunday here. Uh, do you you want to do any predictions? What do you think? Alcaraz win two ATP in a row. I mean, he won Rio before, right? Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, uh, yeah, he's he's starting against the wild card. Um, Mateus Alves, who's uh, 554th in the world. Good Which draw. will be a funny one. He's quite he's quite a tall guy. He's six four, so he's a hundred and ninety three centimeters. Uh, he's he he must have an unbelievably big serve. But you know, on a clay court, it doesn't. Yeah, really on a clay matter. court, who knows, right? Um, Fabio Fognini is playing. I was a bit surprised. Yeah, that's that's an interesting draw. I'm I'm just looking at the same same uh, draw as you are. So um, it's gonna be Nori. Nori might be playing team in the second round. Um, so he might be the same final again next week. Yeah, I, I've I've watched Musetti. He played a pretty good match, but then he lost fairly easily. What, really? What's up with the draw here, by the way? It's a strange draw, no? 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's quite an easy one, isn't it? Like for a 500, you don't get that many good players. Like you have Alcaraz, you have Schwartzman, but Musetti is the third seed. Yeah, this looks strange. Um, then you've got uh, Varillas had a really, really good tournament. In, yeah, he's good. In, in, in Buenos Aires. Pedro and, Martinez uh, is quite good as well, actually. Yeah. yeah, you've got Baez, you've got Ramos Vinilas as a seventh seed. So Serundolo is the fourth seed. So it is definitely one of the one of the easiest five hundreds we've ever came across, isn't it? So yeah, I, I guess if you look at like the, it's a clay draw. Like so, uh, ranking wise, I, I agree. But but maybe because if you look at these guys, they're all like from Argentinian, obviously. Thomas Pelucci, these are all clay court guys. Like they're yeah. all specialists. Like it's a it's it for clay court tennis. It's quite a rough draw, I I would guess, but. But looking at rankings, it's pretty weak for a 500. It, it's it's quite uh, uh, one thing to to watch, I guess, is Dominic Team because he's not back to any kind of fantastic form. Uh, starts with Monteiro, which he should on clay court beat, but uh, yeah, it's hard to say with Domi these these days. I think. So I'm just looking at the rankings as well, and and the eight seed, who's uh, Federico Coria, who I like a lot because I think he's a good player. But you know, anyway, he's he's uh, he's 49th in the world. So if you think about it, that the 49th in the world is an eight seed in a 500. Yes. So that's why I said that um, Attila Balaj uh, did really well uh, three years ago on this uh, this tournament, and and it was a weird year as well because it was quite cold and quite windy. And um, um, Otti is 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 quite a tricky player because he has a lot of drop shots, and you know he he's uh, he's hitting his backhand pretty flat, and then his forehand is like this really big loopy something. So that's how he could actually get into the uh, semi in a five hundred, and that uh, <laughs> that just <laughs> you know took him to the world's uh, top one hundred. So that that was uh, that that's something which can which can come up. I I I really like that. Um, that Akras is back to supposedly he's back to his full strength. And I like it that Nike brought out a uh, collection for him. It looks pretty clean. It looks pretty good. So I, I like that what he's actually wearing. I think it's sort of the Rune. I mean, Rune was in a fairly um, uh, colorful um, T-shirt and short uh, combination. I did not uh, like that one. Actually. Yeah, you like I that? didn't like it, no. No, it looked it looked like some tissue packaging. Yes, yeah. uh, pretty depressing <laughs> to see. I yeah, think. but but Alcaraz is. Um, um, I mean, we should like everyone should check it out. What Alcaraz was playing in, but it was you know a quite a nice um, shirt. Yeah, it looked it looked clean. I, I like the clean stuff. You know, like then yeah. you can have some nice colors and and stuff like that. It's much nicer. I, I think it it gets a little bit so so when. Uh, you're trying to put too much patterns, especially on the shorts. And if they stop put a lot of stuff on the shorts, I've, it looks weird. Uh, you know, do something with with the the shirt, sure, but but the shorts, uh, yeah, I would, I would be a little bit careful with because it does look strange. So, funnily enough, I'm just checking out the draw in uh, Doha, and um, the eighth seed is Van der Sandschulp, who's 35th. <laughs> so, um, so it definitely is a is a stronger draw. It's not. You know, not that much stronger, but it is actually stronger. Uh, Medvedev will be playing Felix. You're talking, well. ah, you're looking at the Doha draw, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I, I, that, that one is, is much better. I mean, like, uh, yeah. there's a, quite a lot of nice names, also from like an entertainment point of view. You know, oh, yeah. Murray back in action, 
and um, like quite a strong one, I would say. Vucevic uh, is playing with Bautista Agu. Um, and yeah, there's going to be another Titanic, Andy Murray, Lorenzo Sonego, Sonego uh, uh, battle. Yeah. And uh, what I wanted to say about uh, Medvedev's first match against uh, Davidovich Fokina, he actually played against him. Uh, that was the match. Yeah, I saw that one, yeah. And Fokina is a, you know, he's he's a dark horse. Like, I think if he gets his uh, mindset a little bit better together, he is one of the best movers in court. Like, that's that's what they say uh, about Tommy Paul. And he is a really, really good mover. But the other thing, the other guy who's a really good mover is Davidovich Fakina. He's he's like literally a roadrunner. He's so quick. He's he's unbelievable. The only thing is that he doesn't really play tennis really smart. And because of that, he's he's not really doing much at the moment. But against Medvedev, um, he had his chances. Medvedev came back. Medvedev uh, then just I and one more one more um, thing about Medvedev is that I'm pretty sure, and that's the same for Rafa. They have the little kids, and I can see it on Medvedev. They he's definitely not really well rested. So no. what I've what I've just seen is that um, while he is starting to to find his rhythm starting to find his form and now he won this Rotterdam which is which is going to be good for him and and now he's going to Doha uh he has a good chance of winning it to be fair I cannot really see anyone else winning that tournament I mean there's going to be a, quite a few good good players like there's Rublev there's there's uh, Zverev who's trying to come back he had a bit of a lingering injury so he didn't really do well in Rotterdam um then there's there's quite a few of these guys, Felix. Um, but I, yeah, so I think Medvedev has an outside chance even to to claim one or two masters in in the Sunshine Double as well, because yeah. if he finds his his rhythm and it seems like he is, and and the new um, Lacoste shoes look stunning. I know we we talked about just off air about the Cybersonics and and um, now I'm playing in the new Cybersonic and I really like it and um, and you said that you you had to break it in. Yeah, I, I still struggle with those, but I mean I have pretty sensitive knees and I I did not find them to be. I I struggle with Adidas shoes, so I think it it might be more on me than than Adidas, but it's like they they require some breaking. These these they are not as bad as barricades, for example. The interesting fact is that no one in the Pro Tour actually uses the Cybersonics yet, as far as I'm concerned. So I didn't see anyone who actually uses these um, these shoes. Um, and and obviously, uh, Adidas is trying to to do um, a marketing campaign for these shoes from uh, from from like you know all all the guys like all all the influencers and you know obviously they sent one to you they they sent one to to ash uh, who's the um, tennis mentor and and you can see that there's there's more of these shoes popping up unfortunately they haven't sent it to me but i bought one (laughs) yeah it's good it's good too but but yeah i i like it i i know what you mean about your knees although i find them really quick so they are really so that that rod on the back you know that that little energy rod yeah. or whatever they call it i think it works strangely enough i never really um believe these um you know i i just find uh with tennis rackets as well most of these technologies they don't really make much difference because um as as what what they i mean 
talking about tennis, but uh, basically all the pros are using graphite with some composite. And and there are for the intermediate players and and for you know the um, the sort of uh, beginners and whatnot, they might actually make a difference. But for over a certain level, I feel like the the best rackets are you know composites with graphite pretty much but yeah know. they all have different like i mean i think most pros use like um like same layups as worse in their retail racket right but it's yeah um most pros i would say str- try to stay away from two dampened frames which are more targeted towards I would say rec players, intermediate players, because as you, the dampening takes away a lot of the feel and the control of the ball. So I think it, it's fine. The control is still good, but many pros, I don't think they can play with two dampened frames. So that, that's generally what you see. But that does not mean that they play with some special frame, but they just play with rackets, generally models that are a bit rawer in feel, you know, uh, all the retail. So I think that is what you see over and over again. So yeah, that's that, that's just about that. Next week is Doha, and the week after is Abu Dhabi, I think, uh, yeah. or another. Yeah, so it's gonna be a big, big tournament coming up as well. Did you? Uh, I mean, we also have the Marseille. I mean, that is uh, uh, not super, super strong. Wawrinka uh, is back in action here again. I mean, he was playing actually okay in in Rotterdam, although he's on the last legs, literally. Sinner is playing, so he is in good form, as we we commented on. We have this exciting new French guy, Arthur Fies. We talked about him before. Uh, He is a guy to watch. I would say Luca Van Asch as well from France. There's many good French players right now coming up. Geoffrey Blancano. Uh, But then we we have Hubert Harkach as the number one seed, and um, and we have Mikael Yume, which is not so exciting. And then we have uh, Dimitrov also playing, uh, starting against... No, starting with a buy, and then got the Gofan is back in action as well. So, yeah, it's a decent tournament. It's a two fifty. It definitely is a decent, uh, decent tournament. And uh, sorry, it's not Abu Dhabi; it's Dubai. So it's Dubai, and after it, um, there's gonna be Acapulco, and, and that's a great tournament. And usually Nadal loved it, and and they they um, so a lot of the players named that tournament the best ATP five hundred for years and years and years because it's right. unbelievable. Apparently. Uh, but Kyrgios loves it. Uh, there's no, there. obviously there's no draws. I don't know if Kyrgios will be there. He should be, but he had the injury. So I don't really know if he's, he's back yet. I think he did I, surgery I, quite recently. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, he had a surgery, but it was, it was a few weeks. I don't really know. I mean, I think it was his knees, uh, which were not the best. So hopefully, hopefully there's going to be, you know, the Indian Wells um, and Miami are actually both in March. So Indian Wells will be from the 8th till the 19th. And then from the 22nd of March till the 2nd of April will be the other part of the Sunshine Double D Miami Open. So yeah, that's that's going to be uh, quite interesting. That's that's why I think both of us felt in a way that this is the time to have a breather because uh, if if uh, all the, um, the clay court season is starting after the Sunshine Double, um, that's when we have to do a lot of content about what's happening on the tour because at the moment there wasn't much you know, great stories happening. And what I also wanted to mention is that funnily enough, the... Um, I told you about the uh, full swing, the golf documentary on Netflix. Yeah, and... I, I saw it um, advertised, but I didn't see it. I didn't see it yet. 
Did yeah, I started it? watching it, um, and it's brilliant, and and it's so, so much better than the tennis one. I have to say, yeah, uh, I was uh, I was slightly I wasn't worried. I would say I was uh, actually quite curious. I mean, like I'm not playing golf uh, since many years, but uh, I have played it, and it's a it's quite fascinating in a way as a sport. So I think it could be be good. So yeah, I, I yeah, the, the the golf players is so much bigger rock stars than the tennis players. I have to say that you know when you when you watch them, you're like they're they're just flying around with their private jets, and you know they they're just like having these massive mansions, and you know it's just crazy. But yeah, I mean it's quite exciting. So do check it out, whoever likes golf or whoever just wants to get into golf, because I I love to watch golf. So for me, it's it's tennis, golf, and paddle. Uh, I don't play golf unfortunately, but I do play a lot of paddle instead. So when you Start testing uh, puddle bats. I mean, it's. I mean, I've tested some. How many hundreds of tennis rackets over the years and strings and whatnot. I've also tested some different paddle bats, and uh, I do feel a difference. I do feel like the differences are harder to tell than in tennis, partly because I haven't played as much paddle, of course, because I'm, I'm I've dabbled in it, uh, but also because there are fewer ways to work on a paddle racket. I mean. One way the thing that people don't really know is that a paddle racket has actually has more parts inside it than a, than a tennis racket. You would think a tennis racket is much more complicated, but a paddle racket is actually the with the different foams and different uh, stuff that goes inside a paddle racket. So you can do a lot, but it, it's not always that easy to feel uh, the difference in between them. What, what did you feel with the ones you've tested so far? So interesting, because obviously uh, the, the first two rackets, which or the bats, the first two bats, which I had were like sort of uh, intermediate slash advanced, uh, fairly cheap, under the hundred pounds sort of range. And they were good. One was one was more of a of a defensive uh, bat. The other one was more more of a of an attacking one. Uh, the the defensive one was um, it's a bull paddle and it, different brands in paddle than in, in tennis. Although we have the Wilsons, we have the Babolets, we have the Technifibers, so and heads and and all that. But there's quite a few good brands in terms of knocks, bull pedal, drop shot. So there's there's quite a few interesting brands. And and the other one was actually a drop shot, which I which I used. It was the Explorer uh, Attack, and I like that. And 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 it just sort of um, came up that that these rackets or these bats are. Um, I I am more of an attacking player, and for me it makes sense that it's a bit the foam is a bit. Um, Stiffer, you it's, mean? Like it's like yeah, a stiffer it is feel, a, right? Yeah, it is a stiffer feel. So, so what I could see is that the babbler is is quite a stiff uh, frame in paddle paddle as well, uh, because then I got from Tennis Warehouse Europe or Total Total Paddle, I got two frames which I tried. One was the um, it's Juan LeBron's frame, and the other one was uh, a Speed Pro uh, from Head, and yep. um, Speed Pro X. Yeah, the Speed Pro X. Yes, thank you. And um, the Babola is pretty much the same as as the tennis racket. So it's like a pure drive. It's like sort of a because um, I I played with a pure drive for ten plus years, so I I know what to expect from it. And that's that's the funny part of of that one as well. And it was the same because I I used the Speed MP, a Pro Stock Speed MP for quite a bit when I was working for Head. And I didn't like it that much. And that was with the Speed Pro X as well, that I didn't like it that much either because it, it was a bit heavy. It was a bit too... Um, so it wasn't too easy to to attack with it. 
But what I wanted to say to your original question, that you can actually feel the difference. Yes, not not as visible because your swing is the same and, and you know, one will die on the racket. The other one will will be a bit more pop on it. But it is quite, quite minuscule uh, in terms of the, the differences. So so there has to be a longer trial period to really make a difference apart from yeah this is great for attacking this is great for defending and whatnot so yeah it is it, it was a, an interesting one and i i tried i don't know 120 rackets in my life as well in terms of tennis so it it was definitely something else to to get the really high-end frames in my hand in pedal than it was in tennis because in tennis even even the lighter records, if you if you add some lead tape on it, it will play pretty much the same as as um, as most of the pro pro, uh, pro frames. And then pedal, uh, you can feel the difference with like um, I I mentioned it in a video which I made about these uh, these frames. Um, you have the ridges on on the frame which help with the uh, this uh, bandeja and vibora, which are like these. Um, yeah, these are like sort you of mean, a, like is a this slice spin, like it's spin, right? Yeah, um, it's slice more than spin. I, I see the slice as a form of of spin, but it's just under spin, right? So it's like yeah. it's not top spin, but it's under spin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Correct. It's the technical viper I checked in the meantime. So it's the Babolat technical viper, which I which I um got for testing, and 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 I just settled with them because it's 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 just great, and somehow it just works, and um, yeah. W- you know that's just that's just the last thought of it. So yeah, um, absolutely. Pedal just took over many tennis hours because it is a lot more convenient because uh, it's under a roof. It's um, sort of uh, less uh, expensive than uh, than if you play tennis because uh, usually tennis is is better singles, but you cannot really play singles in in pedal. Oh, yeah. So long story short. When I get to Spain, I would a lot rather play tennis than pedal. But if we get on a pedal court, that's also great. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And we can talk more about pedal as well. I'm also curious about the the growth of that sport because it seems to be happening uh, all over. And uh, when I met some tennis warehouse people in Kennelbach, they also kind of enjoyed playing some pedal, uh, although it's not as, as big in the US, obviously. It's, it's a slow growth there because you have a massive push from for pickleball so that is that is the thing there uh wta tour briefly before we we close today's uh show sabalenka obviously from the Aussie open and she's now going to play in dubai i always find it fascinating when someone wins a big title and then what happens afterwards like she's gonna have a lot of confidence or she's gonna implode or i mean or he uh, he or she uh, that is very fascinating. What do you think of Sabalenka? Will she be a new player now that she has one Grand Slam title on her? She only has one gear, so I don't necessarily think so that it's going to change her life um, because I think she might believe that she can win more, but there's going to be obviously a lot of downtime and, and there's going to be when, when you know, I don't know, it's a, it's a bit more windy or, you know, the bulls are, are a bit heavier or that sort of thing, and then she's going to be struggling. What I wanted to mention is that Shontek actually won the um, Doha 500 in the WTA this week, and she absolutely demolished Pagula in the final, six three six love. And he won has- uh, many matches with like just. I mean, I mean Shontek is is fascinating in the way that she always kind of has a bunch of bagels in every tournament where she plays well. They always like bagels, people. 
Absolutely. I mean, she <laughs> she was she was ruthless. I'm just looking at her results and she beat uh, Danielle Collins, who's <laughs> who played the the Aussie Open final last year. Yeah, I and know, she yeah. she beat uh, Collins six love six one. Yeah. Then um, she played Benchich, but it, she, like Benchich played such an uh, um, an unbelievable match against Azarenka. It was one six seven six six four to to Benchich. Then I'm pretty sure she just uh, got injured, so um, uh, Shontek didn't have to play. Then she played Kudermetova, where she won six love six one. <laughs> yeah. So altogether, she lost five games in the whole of Doha five games yeah that's that's i mean so, it's weird i i don't know how that even happens right i mean it's like it's because predicting a, a grand slam on the wta i mean we did okay for the australian open we tried our best there but it's tough you know and it's always it's been open for a bunch of years now since uh serena's domination and uh but Svantec is just she can just go through the draw without dropping many games it's just uh, it's strange five uh, games it's just i i mean just come on there's there's just not not right but you you think it's like a mental thing that she doesn't manage to keep that because it, it's it's pretty like a clear sign of, of someone who's superior as a tennis player so why is she not winning like the Australian Open for example I mean, she already won three, didn't she? So she's she's definitely on 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 route to to winning. I don't know eight, ten slams. Yeah, yeah, she's, and, she's and she's still young. Um, she's twenty one, so you know she's still really young. And and I and I think she has a she has a game to to carry on for a long time as well because she's she's not like an Akras who's like you know sliding around on a hard court crazily. Like I know that Shiontek can obviously slide around on a hard court. But it's it is it is unreal. I mean, like you know, to win a five hundred tournament, like she, it almost feels feels like it's not fair for all the other players. So um, yeah, I mean, it's actually good that you mentioned that we should be talking about the WTA because um, the the next week the Dubai is a thousand, so it's it's a Masters for them. Um, so obviously everyone's gonna be there, and we can do some predictions if you want. Yep, let's go. Let's look at it. They have started already, right? So uh, nah, just the qualies. All right. I thought it was round of 32. They're playing now, maybe. Is oh, is it? Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. Round, uh, Yeah, 64. Round of 64. Yeah, yeah. They they are playing two wild cards. Uh, Marta, um, Maria, Marta, sorry. Marta Kostyuk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's, uh, she's going to be pretty um, good. Ipek Oz. Great name. We already had a few results, actually. I mean, like Daniel Collins, she's not doing the best. Uh, but this Linda Fruvertova, she's one of the Brenda and Linda, those two Czech sisters, very good players, uh, very young and, and strong. Paula Badosa, she's still struggling. Now that I saw the Netflix doc, I, I'm, I'm, I, you feel like you know her a little bit better with her uh, mental demons she has, with which I mean, all tennis players have, but she was quite open with them, which I thought was a nice, nice episode, better than the curious one. Uh, Sofia Kenin lost 6-1-6-1 to Bushkova, so that was, she's not. Like the, the WTA is always like, you know, it's a roller coaster. I mean, it's up and down, up and down. Uh, some players are in form, some players go out of form, and then it's a, it's a heavy path for them. Um, but lap, we can have a look at the draw from now then and see what we believe is going to happen. I mean, Schwantek is hard to say anything else than she's going to win this, but she's playing Leila Fernandez in her first match. Yeah, yeah. That's so then. Easy. 
there there definitely isn't and um you know samsonova uh, she is the 15th seed so there's not a ma- it's not a massive surprise that she beat badosa and that was a really really big match and i think by far and that's what most of the people who i spoke to who's actually doing a, like you know obviously covering a lot of tennis they said that the badosa piece was was the most eye opening for them in the whole of the documentary breakpoint yeah, yeah and, i think and that it, was, and- they need to learn from that. Sorry, but to interrupt yeah, yeah. you. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I agree. So, I mean, you know, you just said something which, which, which I 100 percent agree as well. That like, you know, it's great, and and it's 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 a really really challenging sport. You know, you're not seeing your family for months, and and yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, and not not a lot of people realize it. And that's why golf is is a lot easier because obviously it's most of it it's in the states. And it's just four days instead of uh, of a whole week. So, you know, you just go away for the weekend pretty much. So it's yeah. um, and during the week, you can just go home and be at home. So it's it's fine. Um, but yeah, so I yeah, I mean, it, it's it's quite hard to to bet against Shiontech now. Uh, Garcia played some good tennis. She lost in the in the quarters, I think, in Doha. Yeah. Um, and um, and and I think. So she's going to be playing Madison Keys possibly, which is not going to be the easiest one. And Asimova beats Vonareva. Um, and uh, Azarenka is there. Obviously, uh, Andreescu is there, there, but she's playing Ribakina in the first round. So that's going to be a, a, a pretty interesting battle. Um, and yeah, it's Kenin a strong, now... uh, strong event, this, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's a master. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a thousand. Uh, yeah, exactly. But... Um... But I also like Sabalenka will play either Teichman, Jill Teichman, or Anna Potapova, uh, which is a pretty decent draw. But then I think it would be interesting if she gets to the round of 16 and she plays Fruvertova. Like I said, it's a strong up and coming player. Uh, we will see if Ostapenko eats bagels or if she's uh, winning her first match against Savatska. Um, and who else? Receives do we have? or eats them. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, she she has some work to do. Uh, Kasatkina Krishikova. Yeah, it's a good match. That's a good uh, round of thirty-two match. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. a lot of action here. I, it's I mean, I'm gonna you know not go out on any crazy limbs. I'm, I'm gonna say that Toronto keeps on. I mean, if you lose five games, you're hardly extra. I mean, have you even been sweating? Uh, so she should be in great shape to win this tournament. Uh, but my yeah. but if I'm most curious about Sabalenka after her Grand Slam win. Uh, but like you said, she can hit or miss, so it will be uh, could be fifty fifty on how she performs. Uh, but then also interesting to see like Coco Golf uh, will she keep improving and uh, strengthening her game because she's been going in the right direction as well. So yeah, but but when when you say that as well, I I, I would have thought that Golf would be top like world number one by now because um, obviously she she um, she became pro when she was like 14 or 15 which is yep. absolutely ridiculous if you think about it and obviously they had to uh they had to uh limit her um like her participation on how many tournaments she can enter it was like eight a year or something like that so she obviously chose the four grand slams and she had uh, a few more big tournaments where she played and that was it yeah no she um She's a talent, but like there's obviously you see how how long does it take to uh, to reach your max? Like she's 18 now, which is still nothing uh, technically. But but yeah, you you also if you start losing matches, people you also you know lose your belief a little bit, and other players start to believe that oh I, you know I can beat this player, and that is dangerous. So you want to you want to start strong. You want to keep like 
winning, winning, winning. You know, like Rafa would when he entered the scene, Novak, Federer, you know, they were like they just came up. Okay, Federer was a bit was slower, slower than the other two, but but you need to start winning and dominating soon. If you want to be a force in the game, I think that is important. Like Shiontek, that's the way she started like, so well that she's just beating players and then beating a lot of fear into them as well. Because if you, you you don't, I mean, some players might be worried like, yeah, I'm not going to get a game today. You know, it's it's going to be, if Daniel Collins gets one game, you know, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's a tricky one. It is mental, and um, and yeah. So I, I will I will pick Shiontek for this one. I I just cannot see her losing to anyone really no. in in the in this in this tournament. But look, it, it's gonna be a good one. Uh, obviously, I I do trust uh, Caroline Garcia will do well. I'm I'm pretty sure that Sabalenka will get to at least like the quarters or the semis, um, because on 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 the back of of the whole thing, or she might be partying for the last month and then she's gonna lose in the first round. So you know, it's it's uh... yeah, that uh, time will tell, I guess. Uh, time will tell for sure. <laughs> yeah, but so uh, I'm I'm gonna say Shiontek for that one, and um, as a sort of um, uh, a last little remark about uh, this week's results, uh, Bolelli and Fognini won the the doubles um, in Buenos Aires. So that's that's quite an interesting one because we said that as well that Fagnini should be focusing on doubles now then rather than the singles. So uh, he definitely should be focusing on the dubs. Yeah, because if you okay doubles, you get much less prize money, but uh, it's also less work on the body. Uh, it's more maybe more fun because you're playing with your body. Uh, I guess when you're you know, and if you lose early. I guess the price and you win the doubles. How much do you win if you win a doubles title on this level? Do you know how much this prize money? Uh, I can definitely check it for you. So uh, the winner, and uh, I'm just looking at the uh, Darray Beach, and the winner still gets good money. It's thirty four thousand uh, dollars per person, so, or uh, I don't know. I think it's it's for the two of them, so it's like seventeen. And let's check the Buenos Aires. How much those guys won? Um, so it's definitely a lot less. So the uh Buenos Aires they got 33,000. Um, and I'm not sure if if that's for oh, yes, per team, per team. So it's it's 16 grand, which is still good money if you think about it for a uh for a five uh for a, sorry for a 250. And let's check because I'm I'm just now quite curious of the um uh okay, so Dodig and Krychek won the dubs in uh, Rotterdam and they must have got a lot more and it was quite an interesting pairing who they beat because they beat Bopana and Abden they were together and look you know if you win a 500 in dubs you get $127,000 so it's like 65 almost 64 something like that so you know it's it's good money I mean I it compared to the guys, let's just see the singles. What you have, how, where you have to be to to earn that much. So you have to get to the quarters. In yeah, which is not easy at all. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So look, I I would say for these guys, yeah. I mean, obviously now now Medvedev got thirty eight. Uh, sorry, sorry, three hundred eighty seven thousand uh, dollars. Winning it to be five hundred, yeah. Or winning a five hundred, but you know it's. It's not that much. I mean, it is less. Uh, it obviously is a lot less because there's there's a lot less revenue and a lot less people watching you and whatnot. But 
you know, it's 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 pretty beneficial to do it. Like, you know, I, I know that um, uh, Timia Babos, who I just mentioned, she she made a good living out of out of literally playing just dubs. And if you do it in um, in like slams as well, you get a lot of money. So, yes, um, a lot easier in many ways. Because if you look at like how competitive both uh, singles are, the men's and the the women's, it's ridiculous. So I think if you're a good doubles player, I always say it to a lot of lot of guys as well. For example, um, last last thought about doubles is that uh, uh, Fabian and uh, Matej Valkus, who's also um, who was also world number one in juniors, um, and he was a really good player. Now he's two uh, two 250th on the ATP. So you know he didn't really he had a lot of injury concerns. But long story short, they beat uh, Rindernak and uh, Mau in in doubles in uh, in the Davis Cup. So if you think about it, that Mau, who's who's who has been one of the best doubles players ever, and he's definitely a top tenor in terms of like his results because he won the Slam, like the Grand Slam. So so they won it with uh, who I wanted to say his name quickly, the weirdest serve ever seen. Um, ooh, uh-huh. who was his uh, Mau's partner? Um, oh, the guy who almost like, bent his Air back. Bear. Yeah, yeah, Air yeah. Bear. yeah, yeah. So, um, so Airbear and and Mau won the Grand Slam. So they won all four. So and you know they earn a lot of money as well. And now that's what I said to these guys: that why don't you just try to travel the tour? Now Fabian's ranking is 160th in the world in the ATP, and and uh, Mate is 250. So if if you're that good of a singles player, you can definitely get um, a wild card or two in doubles in in different places, and you might be able to quality uh, to a to a few tournaments uh, in the ATP 250s. And if you get there in doubles, and you might get a few wild cards in singles, that's the way to go. But you know they're mismanaged, so that's that's a whole different thing. That's another story. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. No, that's a good point. Doubles uh, deserve some love, and it's it's also a fun <laughs> fun part of tennis and something. I think tennis as a sport could use a bit more to draw people in because if you look at the growth of paddle and pickleball, it's it's a lot of the 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 interest is because of the social aspect and you play in teams, which you can also do in tennis. But I think uh, we don't really push uh, doubles enough. And it could be used more. So I, I think it's a good point to end on. Lots of tennis to watch. Uh, congrats to Daniel Medvedev for winning uh, ATP in Rotterdam this year. It was uh, it was an impressive feat. And you and me, Dennis, we talk next week. Uh, take care of your cats and your wife and your paddle bats. I will definitely do that. And let's watch some tennis. That's that's all I can say. And let's just play some paddle as well. Cheers, everyone. Take care. Cheers, man. Ciao, ciao.